Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How's it going? You make it sound like an after-school special today. Very special episode. It's a very special episode. (laughs) Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with the music music stars and folks from the world of pop. Now, this episode of the show is our special annual Grammy Awards preview edition of The Pop Shop. Ooh. Yeah, Grammy! <laughs> uh, we'll be taking a look at some of the biggest Grammy Awards categories and maybe make some fearless predictions as to who might win and what to watch out for. Plus, joining us on the show is current five-time Grammy nominee, Phineas. Yeah! The singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, and musician, whew, <laughs> who you may also know as Billie Eilish's older brother, is up for a whopping five Grammys this year, including producer of the year, all for his work on Billie's album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? We talk about all things Grammys and maybe a little bit about James Bond, too. Hmm. So stay tuned for a lively chat in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider. So you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right. Let's get into the Grammy chats. Um, Well, first off, uh, the Grammy Awards will be held uh, this Sunday, January 26th. And the festivities begin with the Grammy Awards premiere ceremony at 1230 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, And they'll be streamed live on Grammy.com. The bulk of the Grammy Awards from the 84 categories uh, will be handed out during this premiere ceremony. Yeah, like 80 of them. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, you can have some dual screen action happening as you can also tune into the Billboard Grammys pre-show from 2.30 to 5 Pacific as well. Streaming live on Twitter from at Billboard. The show will feature interviews with stars on the red carpet, special guests, Like Keith Caulfield, perhaps, and more. Yeah, you might see me on this. (laughs) Um, Then at 5 p.m. Pacific, the big show goes down on CBS TV, where the remaining awards will be presented, including the big four of the night, album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and best new artist. Alicia Keys is hosting the show, and it will feature performances from, at least at press time, the likes of Ariana Grande, Lizzo, Jonas Brothers, and Billie Eilish, all who happen to also be Grammy nominees this year. Indeed. And so let's just get into those big four categories and do a little speed round. 
um, on who our awards editor, Paul Grind, thinks will win, along with some of our own predictions. We can always lean on Paul, be like, Paul said it. Paul, yeah. Paul said this, not us. Uh, but first, we're going to say things too. <laughs> first up, Best New Artist. And here are the nominees Black Pumas, Billie Eilish, Lizzo, Little Nas X, Maggie Rogers, Rosalia, Tank and the Bangas, and Yola. All right, so Paul thinks Lizzo has this award. Uh, what do we think, though? What do we think? I feel like there could be some sort of weird vote splitting here. Yeah. And, like, Maggie Rogers or Rosalia ends up winning. I wonder. I was going to say who benefits, because obviously the top two have been Billie for the past few months. Lizzo and Billie Eilish. Yeah. It's all anyone's been talking about. I think Billie has a really strong shot at this yeah. as well, but I think Paul's prediction of Lizzo makes sense. I think Lizzo is, is I think, a really, that's the obvious one. I'll go with that. But I can absolutely see a way that Rosalia or like Maggie Rogers ends Sneak up winning in this. Yeah. because of that. Yeah. Interesting. So let's move on to Song of the Year, which is a songwriting award. Uh, here are the nominated songs, and the award goes to the writer in this category. So we have Always Remember Us This Way, performed by Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Bring Me My Flowers Now, performed by Tanya Tucker. Hard Place, performed by Her. Lover, performed by Taylor Swift. Norman Effing Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi. And Truth Hurts by Lizzo. All right, now Paul is picking Bad Guy, uh, written by Billie Eilish and Phineas here uh, for to win this category. Uh, what do we think? Um, I'll go first. Okay. I'm thinking Lizzo's Truth Hurts could take this. Interesting. Um, but I like in that last cor- category for Best New Artist, I can absolutely see a path for either Taylor or Louis Capaldi mm. to win um, because those songs um, and maybe those individuals as songwriters and maybe the kinds of songs they are might appeal to a broader base of Academy members. Think older voters. Sure. And so I, th- I think I would mostly agree with Paul on this one and go with Bad Guy. Um but my dark horse pick is Hard Place by her, mm. which obviously a Grammy favorite at this point. She's like... Yeah, just, already won a couple. She's already been nominated in back-to-back years in the big four categories. Yeah. Um, and this song is the first one that made me pay attention to her. So, to her. To her. <laughs> um, all right, next up is Record of the Year. Uh, this is an award for the production and performance of a song versus the songwriting. Uh, the nominees are Bon Iver's Hey Ma, uh, Bad Guy, Ariana Grande's Seven Rings, Hard Place, Khalid's Talk, Little Nas X's Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, Truth Hurts, and Post Malone and Sway Lee's Sunflower. So Paul thinks Lizzo's Truth Hurts will take this one. And I would tend to agree that that's the best shot just because I think this is a, a complete package. package. Yeah. Um, and whereas the songwriting award, I, it's it's a great, it's there's fun lines, but I think that this is the record of the year. And I I think Bad Guy could take this, um, because if you think of just sort of the production of Bad Guy, it's so different and unique and memorable. Not that Truth Hurts isn't. Not that any of these records don't have amazing, uh, you know, sort of production value and overall performance value. I feel like Bad Guy has the edge, but. I totally see a way for like Truth Hurts or for Seven Rings actually to win as well. See, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Old Town Road won this one either. I mean, it is it is kind of the indisputable record of the year. Yeah, but then Despacito was a couple years ago too and it didn't it's win. It's true. Right. Okay, so lastly, the album of the year category. The nominees are Bon Iver's 
I I. I think it's I I. Let's go I I. <laughs> Lana Del Rey's Norman Effing Rockwell. Billie Eilish's When We All Fall Asleep. Where do we go? Ariana Grande's Thank You Next. Hers I Used to Know Her. Lil Nas X's Seven. Lizzo's Cause I Love You Deluxe. And Vampire Weekend's Father of the Bride. Now Paul is picking Billie Eilish for album of the year. I feel like Ari or Billy could take this, but Vampire Weekend is the dark horse here, mm. and I think that the Billy, Lizzo, Ariana sort of voting camps could all cancel one another out, mm-hmm. and I don't see anyone splitting off from support of Vampire Weekend. Like it's it's you know I mean unless they're really going to vote for Lana Del Rey instead. So I feel like mm. I feel like Billy. Um, I feel sorry. I feel like Ari or Billy, but dark horse Vampire. Okay, my two notes on this is that who's absolutely not going to win is Lil Nas X yeah. with his 20-minute Now EP. watch him win. No, it's not. It can't happen, Keith. It won't. <laughs> and then my second note on this is that um, Billy like, actually has like a legit chance at this Christopher Cross winning every category here. True. I mean, like she is a, if not the front runner, a like second place in every one of these categories. So no. we'll have to tune in on Sunday night to see how it all goes. Um, and see how good our predictions are. So, <laughs> TBD. And now, it's time for our interview with Phineas. The multi-talented 22-year-old artist called us up last week to chat about how surreal it is to have five Grammy Award nominations, how he feels very lucky that he has a sister in Billy who had faith and trust in him on her album, how he's working on his own first full-length album, uh, what songwriters inspire him, and speaking of songwriting, we also chatted about the big news about he and Billy have written the upcoming title song for the next James Bond film. In addition to all that, we also try to extract some secrets about Billy's Grammy performance. Mm. So take a listen to our interview with Phineas. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Phineas. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm in the home in Los Angeles. Nice to be here. I'm actually headed over to Nam uh, later today oh. uh, to do some panels. Should be fun. So you're on our very special Grammy preview episode of the Pop Shop. So first off, have to uh-huh. say congratulations on your five nominations this year. It must be amazing to have all those nominations. Um, thanks so much. It's very surreal. I mean, I'm I feel really lucky and I'm very uh, proud of the work we did on this album. But uh, it's very surreal. I don't I don't think, I don't think if you set out to make an album to get a bunch of Grammy nominations you do that, you just have to set out to make an album you'll really love and you put all of yourself into it, you know? It's one of those situations. It, that's, that's a good thing to have. Is like If you try to like make something in the hopes of getting a Grammy or the hopes of being number one, that's probably not like the best way of going about things. Just, you know, do it for what you love doing, which is making the music. Well, exactly. I mean, I think the other thing about that is like, if that was your goal from the start and you and you get a nomination eventually, then then all you get to feel is, like, relieved. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, I think you probably should just feel shocked if you get nominated for something. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, well, among those five nominations are nods for Producer of the Year, and you also earned a nomination as the Engineer of Billy's Album as well for Best Engineered Album. Um, that's a f- fairly rare thing to do. Um, so is it especially gratifying to be nominated for both of those awards? Um, yeah, I mean, I think those those make me feel really, really good about myself. Um, you know, I, I was I grew up very self-taught and I grew up like learning everything I possibly could about all of the producers. I mean, I'm sharing a nomination with like several of them this year. You know, I, I was a kid growing up like looking at 
YouTube videos of, of how certain artists got their vocal sound and how they got their, um, you know, production's always been like a fantasy of mine. And, um, you know, I got really lucky and had a sister who put a lot of faith and trust in me and was very collaborative and was willing to let me produce her entire album. So, you know, I just feel really lucky. Um, but, but it's crazy to be nominated for those two categories. I think those were like, those were like career goals of mine in my like thirties and forties. You know what I mean? I was like, I'll do whatever. I'll try to write songs for years. and Maybe one day I'll get to be like a producer and maybe one day I'll get to produce a whole album. So I just got crazy lucky in getting to do Billy's whole album at, at 21. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, God, Steve, you're done. You're, you're, you're finished. You've had a number one album, a bunch of Grammys. You can just retire. All good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the benefit again, as I said, is like, you know, other than those accolades, which is so cool. You know, I just, I just love everything about making music. Like, I love it. Like, last night, I was just like, you know, up all night working on, like, the drum beat for a, a new song for another artist. It's like, I'll, like, I, I have a, I don't know. It's like, it's like those people that get, like, addicted to, to anything, to, like, to fitness or whatever, where they're just, like, obsessed with something. Like, that's how I feel about, like, writing songs, producing them is, like, there, like no one could get me to stop doing that. So I'll probably just do it forever. But it does definitely like, I mean, you know, I remember hearing this in interviews with like Dave Grohl about like the moment you have your like big break. I remember Dave Grohl saying like, he just was really excited that he probably wouldn't have to have like a job he didn't want ever again. And that's definitely how I feel about like making music. You know what I mean? Like the the goal to me always was to like not have to, sit in an office and and work on something that i'm not passionate about to make a living the idea is like just if i can make a living doing something that i'm deeply passionate about then i then i won uh yeah trust me we're all trying to do that as well i mean <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's exactly a slightly more elevated and slightly different lane that you have picked and it's worked out incredibly so <laughs> yeah um anyway um, I hear that you are in rehearsals, I think for the Grammys right now. Is that correct? You're, you're sort of scuttling about doing rehearsals. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're figuring out our, you know, every, every moment of the piece. Cause we just, you know, we want to get this one really right. No pressure so because the Grammy continually promises meticulous. once in a lifetime performances. So no pressure, Phineas. <laughs> I, I know there's, there's a lot of like high stakes involved that, you get told about i feel like my, the most common question i get asked these days is like do you feel terrified by the pressure and i've always like well it sounds like i should <laughs> like like people expect me to so with that said are you allowed to say anything about the performance <laughs> at this point for what it's worth this will air on the tuesday before the show it probably means nothing so you probably can't tell me a damn thing but i'm gonna <laughs> ask anyways anything you can tell me yeah, do you want to do you want like a sneak a sneak preview of it? You're going to be on stage, and Billy's going to be there. Billy's going to sing. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Are you allowed to say what you're singing, or is that a secret too? Um, I, I, someone may be allowed to say that, but I'm not going to presume that I'm the one allowed to say that. You've been prepped so I, too I well, man. You've been prepped too well. I can't catch you. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Listen, I just don't want to, I just don't want to blow it for, for the rest of the team. I don't want to be the, the weak link with the information. Um, all right. Well, anyway, I'm sure it'll be amazing. I'm sure you're cooking up something, uh, mind blowing. Uh, let's just say, let's just leave we're, it at we're that. Super yeah, we're really, really excited. About it. Um, well, with all that said, you know, b before the Grammys, uh, in the run up to the show, you're being honored at the, uh, 2020, 
NMPA and Billboard Grammy Week Songwriter Showcase. And um, with that in mind, I'm curious, and Curveball, what songwriters, since this is a big songwriter event, what songwriters have inspired you maybe in the past or, or maybe right now? Um, oh, that's a great question. I mean, like, I'll go into detail, so this won't, um, this won't be as lazy of an answer as it sounds like it's going to be. But truth be told, pretty much all songwriters inspire me all the time. If I hear lazy a song answer, I love, Phineas, I'm that's a lazy by. answer. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm going to go. I'll go into detail. I have always loved Ben Folds. He's like an idol of mine, a hero of mine. The last couple of years, I've been really obsessed with Sarah Bareilles. I just think she is like bar for bar, like unbelievable at her songwriting. She um, she has a song. I don't know if you've heard it. It was on NPR. It was during Trump's first campaign in like 2016. And she wrote a song from the perspective of Obama about Trump. And then they had uh, Leslie Odom Jr. sing it from Hamilton. Wow. And it, it was like the coolest thing I've ever heard. It's so good. And like, just uh, like, I really was like mind blown by it. So that that's a pretty like, and again, like that's like a real like black belt karate type song to write. Like imagine writing a song from the perspective of Obama. Like that's so hardcore. So I think Sarah Bareilles kind of like lifelong inspirer. Um, I've always loved Bill Withers. I've always loved John Mayer. Um, and then, you know, I grew up on a lot of bands. So the Strokes, Julian Casablanca's lyrics have always inspired me. Um, I've always been inspired by My Chemical Romance lyrics and melodies. You know, there's just a lot of different stuff that like I think comes together to make like the, the canvas tapestry of like what has influenced me personally. Um, staying with the, uh, Grammy theme, um, and uh, trust me, this pivot is actually staying with Grammys. I know you're going to think no in a second, but trust me, it works. Um, you recently announced that you'll be joining an elite club of artists that have written a James Bond theme, which a number of which have actually won Grammys. See, so it's staying with Grammys. Um, I know you probably can't say Jack about this, but... When did you guys first get approached about doing a James Bond theme? Is how long you been holding on to the secret? Well, at the risk of saying something that hopefully I'm allowed to say, although this won't be a long bleep out thing, we were not really approached about it. We we thought it out for a year. We've always wanted to write a James Bond theme song, and you know it's a legendary franchise. So we had to uh, we had to convince a lot of people that we were we were the right choice. And then we had to write a song that everybody liked. So it was a, it was a hard one process, but everybody that we worked with on it, Barbara Broccoli, the producer of the Bond franchise, um, you know, we got to work with Hans Zimmer and Steven Lipson in the studio. Um, it was a real joy, but, uh, yeah, it's so funny because some of the headlines have been like Billie Eilish and Phineas are writing the James Bond theme. And I'm so glad you're no longer writing it. I'm so glad we wrote it a couple months ago because, oh my God, if it was like announced that we were doing it and we still had to write it, I would have such like writer's anxiety, you know? Absolutely. And I think people listening need to know that, you know, the James Bond theme is like a really, really tough gig to get. And a lot of people, frankly, you know, a, lo a number of artists will all submit a song and hope that it works, and then, you know, sometimes they don't. Like Radiohead a few years ago put out their version of a song that wasn't used for a James Bond film. So 
You know, what, what Phineas and, and Billy did is probably what many other artists have done, where they're like campaigning for it in a way. So um, just to give some context there for people listening. It's in my experience, in my limited experience as a songwriter and producer, it's the hardest playing field I've ever been on. It's really like, it's really like, there were so many points where I was like, I don't know, maybe we don't have this. <laughs> like, like, it's just such a like big deal. And, you know, Billy and I also like the, the whole pairing is very like authentic to, to my and Billy's relationship with those movies. We've always loved James Bond movies. Um, we've always loved that character IP. The songs in the James Bond franchise have always been like significant in their own right. You know, like even down to like live and let die and Goldfinger and then, through to Skyfall and You Know My Name by Chris Cornell and Another Way to Die by Jack White and Alicia Keys. Like, those are songs that bore real importance to our, like, songwriting lives um, for years. So it's, like, it's much deeper than just kind of going, like, this seems like a good opportunity, you know what I mean? We just, we really wanted to do it. Well, that's... the, the like a dream come true to us. Yeah, and that's that's the best kind when it actually is something that you are super passionate about and it and it makes it's not only does it make like perfect artistic sense, but it's also something that you really, really want to be a part of. And that's like the best kind of combo. Yeah. Um I know I can't keep you on exactly. the phone forever. Again, like can't can't iterate can't over iterate. Like we just feel so lucky to be a part of it. Like we're just pumped. So I can't wait for everybody to hear the song. I, I know I can't keep you on the phone forever for people that are listening, probably wanting to hang up on me. So I only have two more questions. So just <laughs> just fully putting that out there for publicists that are listening in. Um, since you are passionate about the James Bond franchise, this is the last question about James Bond. Do you have like a favorite James okay. Bond theme? Because everyone can name like a previous James Bond theme that they love. Or are you afraid of like, is it like a Sophie's Choice sort of thing for you? No, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to name it. I think James Bond in like certain like because of the nature of like the franchises you know be it sean connery or pierce brosnan or the current iteration with daniel craig you know to me it's like you you grow up with your generation's james bond and so obviously as a 22 year old like daniel craig is like he is james bond to me you know what i mean like as far as the franchise goes so those are the movies that i've like connected with the most even though i've seen the other ones too um and to me like Skyfall is like you just kind of bow down to that song and just to Adele's vocal performance, just the way that it coincides with the movie. It's just like you know, so inspiring. So that's that's my favorite ever is Skyfall. Good choice, solid choice, solid choice. Um, but you know what? Like live live and let die with Paul McCartney is pretty hard to beat too. Yeah, yeah. I'm you know no one's going to argue there. Okay, last question. I promise. Um, amidst all this craziness, um, and you know, considering all the people that you've worked with. You know, recently, you know, not just Billy, obviously, but Camila Cabello and Selena Gomez and and, and Tovlo, you know, most recently. Um, you also have your own thriving solo career, and you're finding time, you know, this year to play festivals on your own, including Hangout and, and Bottle Rock and probably some others that haven't been announced yet. I'm curious, you know, what are you hoping new fans of yours will take away from your solo live performances this year? What are you hoping that people kind of like walk away from those performances with, like in their minds? Uh, that's an awesome question. I mean, I'm, I'm actively writing my first like full length album. Um, so I probably won't do like a ton of touring until then. I'll just do some festivals, some one-offs, which will be fun. Um, you know, I think like to me, I always put like the songs above everything else. So 
the thing that has always been the most important is just that I have uh, an audience that really engages with the songs and is there to hear the songs. You know, I, I don't try to like make much of a fuss about anything before I write the song. So, you know, I think like when I perform live, it's just about like an authentic, like retelling of like, you know, the songs and like, you know, again, like when I, my experience as an audience member into shows that I love <laughs> with very few exceptions, I go to like hear the songs that I listen to all the time in my car performed live and to be engaged and to shout the lyrics back at the performer and to, to really just have that live, like kinetic energy moment. So, I mean, that to me is like, that's always like above anything else. I'm always going to be an audience first performer. There's sort of like, you know, there's a kind of a certain element of live performers that stay kind of introverted on stage and just sort of like close their eyes and zone in on their own music. And like, I totally respect that. And there are artists that do that that I love, but in my case, like if I'm going to live, like it's about like, how can I have individual connections with however that they like, that's the most important thing to me. Well, that's a good place to leave this conversation at. And um, thank you so much for your time and good luck at the Grammy Awards. I'm sure the performance is going to be amazing, though we can't say a darn thing about it. And um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know it's look, I get it. It's the Grammys for Pete's sakes. And um, good luck with all of everything that you have coming up this year. I can't wait to hear the Bond theme. I can't wait to see you playing shows. It's just going to be an amazing year. So thank you so much, sir. Thanks, man. All right. I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Bye. You said she's scared of me. I mean, I don't see what she sees, but maybe it's because I'm wearing your cologne. Thanks so much to Phineas for taking time uh, out of his crazy, crazy schedule to speak with us. Good luck at the uh, Grammy Awards. And uh, we can't wait to see what happens next. All right. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Man, these Grammy previews, we get those heavy hitters for these Grammy previews. <laughs> we, we've, done, we've done well. <laughs> if you ever want to go check out the rest of our Grammy previews, please do so. We have many years of them with many fabulous Grammy nominees. Kelly Clarkson, Josh Groban. Nah, Rogers, Annie Lennox, Khalid, Khalid. Casey Musgraves. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yeah. What song should we go out on? Uh, there's so many options. How about one of the most popular record of the year winners of all time? Rolling in the Deep by Adele. I think that's a great idea. See you guys next time. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.